This is Changes Possible podcast and I'm your host, Ани Филипова. There is always a time in your career when you feel stuck, uninspired and you're looking for a change. That's why I created this podcast to help you make your career change possible. Each of our guests has made a successful career change and we are going to discuss practical advice, actionable tips and inspirational stories that can help you to get unstuck and transition into the work that you love. Let's tune in. Hi everyone, my guest today is Lenka Pinko. She's a leader in organizational and digital transformation uh, with a focus on customer value creation and coaching agile teams. Lenka is Czech and during her 20 years career in tech and business, she has crossed industries and gained international experience. And we are going to talk about this in a second. Apart from job assignments, Lenka is elected as a president for the Czech Republic chapter of the Global NGO Project Management Institute, where she promotes professional development, networking, innovation and sustainability. Hi, Lenka. Welcome to the podcast. You're the first Czech person here on my podcast. Hi. Uh, hi. Well, that, that's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. When I was reading your story and your profile, I was just uh, amazed of the type of decisions and changes you've done all along and many changes. But let's start with the first things first. Why did you decide to study computer science? Well, so the really honest answer is that because I fell in love with a boy <laughs> who was studying computer sciences, I wanted to be close. But uh, the, to make it a little bit bigger picture, uh, since I was 10 years, I was selected for different talent programs that are focused on mathematics, later on physics. So I was actually studying at special specialized high school. And so, of course, uh, computer sciences were on the top of my list. I was also accepted to study nuclear physics on one technical college, which at that time, this topic of nuclear physics, I liked it a lot. But then, you know, then there was a boy and I decided that I will study computer sciences. Well, let me share that I also chose banking because my then boyfriend was in um, a similar kind of study. So, okay, that goes around. It's not only you. And you studied computer science, but then did you work in that field? You became a consultant, right? What drove this decision? Uh, right. So I know that it might not look at the first sight such a clear connection between computer sciences and management consultancy, but there is. So when I was studying computer sciences, uh, the first uh, two years of the studies, everybody had the same subjects, a lot of software development, databases, etc. And then you chose your specialization. And mine was software engineering and system design. And that was something that I was really intrigued in, more like architecture questions and how you can make the system, information system, to efficiently help to run a company. At that time when I was studying, I was also working as a student help, student part-time assistant for one executive in one international company. And so I had a opportunity to see how company is run. And at that time, which is like 25 years ago, uh, IT was more living in the basement, honestly. But I was studying computer sciences. I saw a huge potential and I saw that there is clearly a gap between business and IT. And that was my motivation and uh, the, my core competence, which I provided to companies as management consultant to help them to connect business and IT together. 
Okay, now I understand. And then you have changed um, several consulting companies. So can you tell us why? Why did you, what were you looking for? And how, how did you manage all these transitions? Well, you know, I changed them because I was not happy. <laughs> no, well, you know, I started to work. Uh, my first full-time job was on the fourth year of the university study. I was not even graduated yet. And so then I had the experience that people looked at me like, wow, she didn't even finish her study yet. But I had opportunity to work on a very big international project abroad in the Netherlands And then I saw how much my talent is appreciated abroad. But then when I came back to Czech Republic, I felt like the need to put me back in a box. So I was denied promotion. I was denied salary increase with the argument that I'm young, etc. Uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to listen to that. So then I was spotted by a different company and I accepted the offer. My salary doubled. And then I understood that I have talents and I deserve to be paid for them. Then the second change which I made was that I wanted to be promoted. I wanted to lead my own team again in the company that I worked at that time. There was not really that possibility. So I quit and I accepted a job offer to build my own consultancy division. And uh, that was my first management position. And uh, what happened after that? You continued in consulting or you changed industry? Well, there were again more personal reasons for that. I was in the consultancy business for 10 years and it's very demanding in terms of travel. You know, we had projects local, but also projects international in Europe. I had to travel a lot. I had to work crazy hours sometimes, not that like too much work, but more like be available because my clients were mostly CEOs or C-level executives. And when they had issue or they needed answers, I, you know, had to be able to provide them these answers. And at that time, I became a um, single parent for my daughter. And I thought that I need to provide her more stable environment. So I decided to change the job again. And I joined European headquarters of one American company, uh, became more like internal consultant at the beginning. Uh, but because the headquarters was based in Prague, I was able to better manage my work and, uh, and private life. So basically... Um The tech background and the consultancy experience brought you that new job, right? Is that how it, it happened? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because my job at that American company was also about computer, uh, well, computer sciences, but more about large information systems, specifically what is called ERP. <laughs> These are very large system. And I was responsible for process and system harmonization across our European entities and later I was promoted to be director for our digital solutions, again, for, for European region. Uh, so this um, digital solutions that we provided that were based on really cool innovations, really cutting edge technologies, um, Internet of Things, for instance, uh, big data. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed this environment because I was able to connect my business and IT experience in one job. That's a great example. And uh, it seems that you have used the top skills that you have to kind of go into the next industry and the next job, which is a great way to transition from one field to another. And then uh, when we spoke last week in the preparation call, you mentioned that uh, you also lived abroad. Yeah. And now, you know, now when I'm talking to you and I'm telling my story, now I'm starting to realize how much my career path was influenced some, by some personal decisions because that was the time when I met my current husband And 
he is also very successful person. And at that time, he was promoted to a headquarter job in the United States. And so we decided that we as a family, we moved there. So I had to quit my job for the company, which I had at that time. Also, we had two babies. And uh, so I had to restart my life once again. And you mentioned that in the States, you were working for a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Because in the United States, I actually learned what it means to volunteer. I didn't have that experience from Europe. That's why I also, when I came back to Europe, I continue volunteering for Project Management Institute because that is something that is really very fulfilling for me. In the United States, uh, you know, as I said, I had two very small children. I had a visa for limited time, so I was not very attractive for any employer. But in America, there is a there is a possibility, there is a website which is used for nonprofit organizations who look for volunteers. And so by this website, I got in touch with my boss at that time, Tiffany, who was director for a nonprofit organization. And we formed together a program for women empowerment. So I was named the director for that program. And my job was to design the strategy, to figure out how do we create value for women. I also had to assemble multi, multi-country international team of volunteers, set up the way of work. We did it all in agile in cloud-based, uh, cloud-based tools. And I have to say, this was amazing experience. I learned so much from that. And whenever I can, I still use these skills and understanding of volunteering job in my current assignments. That's amazing. I completely agree with you. I had several of these volunteering jobs. What was for you the most important skills that you that you learned from the nonprofit that then you used further in your career? Right. You know, a lot of things are similar, whether you work for profit or non-profit. I mean, you still have to manage things. You still have to build the team. You still need to kind of like know what you're doing. That's the same. But what is different is that whenever we hired someone for our team, we need to be able to describe the purpose of our activity. And so then we need to be able to kind of like um, we were hiring people because of that purpose that we were following. And this was for me really amazing experience because I felt happy when I was working for, you know, for this, for this nonprofit organization. And then there was another thing which I learned and that was efficiency because we were all volunteers. And so no one could spend time on bullshit, if I say very openly, you know, so, so we were using these tools for, for agile way of working. Everything was cloud-based. Everything was so smooth. And then whenever we were running into whatever kind of obstacle or, you know, difficulties, we always figured it out because we all valued our own time. So this efficiency, making work easy for your team, and also connecting with your team based on the purpose that you're following. That were for me the most, um, kind of like the biggest learning, um, learned lessons which I took from that job. Well, I think uh, with um, today's environment uh, and how the, the job market is and um, the big resignation, I think you learned the two most important lessons early in life. So you can <laughs> apply them fully now because these are the two most important things now, right? People want to have meaning and they want to work efficiently. And then you decided to go into banking. That's your third transformation. So how this this came about? <laughs> 
Right. So in the, the United States only for three years, we, we knew that. And so then there was a moment when I realized, okay, now I need to get ready to go back to Europe. And I did not want to go backwards in my career. I already achieved a quite high level when I left Europe. So I was looking for opportunities where I can start working at least on the same level. And uh, because, you know, I was always you know, I'm a person who reads, who connects with communities, who tries to understand what's going on in the world. And so then I was also looking at banking, at innovation, at technology, agility, and it all fit together. Another advantage of banking, which I saw, is that this industry is present in almost every country. And at that time, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, but just in case I have to move to another country again, let's at least stay in the industry. So I decided to go for banking. Um, I see a lot of potential there because banking is um, industry which is very close connection to customer and you can be very successful in this you know, type of interactions. But how did you prepare for this shift? Because you didn't have any banking experience and it would be great to understand what is your approach because there are so many people out there who want to um, start working in a bank but don't know how to approach it. So tell us what you did. Right. So it's something that you need to look for your transferable skills. And again, I think I had a little bit of head start from consultancy industry because when I was consultant for 10 years, you know, I worked for many different industries, but no way I could be called an expert on any industry. So, but I still need to get trust and credibility from my customers. So I needed to develop the ability to learn quickly and kind of like understand dynamics of the of that industry and so for when i decided to go for banking i first did my homework i researched the industry i researched the situation of the market in czech republic to understand what is what are the main challenges what is the market dynamics what is needed and then i went through my track record of my um, achievements of my assignments and then i identified skills and experience which was transferable from different industry to banking industry so then during interviews when i was having questions do you have experience with this and that I could not say that I have exactly that experience from banking, but I could say and I could provide examples how I had very similar experience from different industry, yet fully applicable also for banking. I see. So basically you created a big Excel sheet or something similar and um, you just um, compared transferable skills. Is that a good summary? Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't remember Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> but, but yeah, I may be worked with a pen and paper, but that's exactly what I did. Okay, then no, that's great. And and you started with the research, which is so important, just to see what is needed and then find what are these qualities that can match to it. Great, great approach. And what was your experience when you started in a bank? Was it what you expected? No. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I can say that now it's more than three years ago. I, it was not a good surprise, not because of the industry, etc. That's that's not the problem. But for a lot of people, I felt I was kind of an alien. You know, I was not coming from the industry. I just freshly came uh, back from abroad. And, you know, then also something which I did not really understand at the beginning, banking industry is very prestigious. And that means that there's a lot of fight for power and influence. And this is not my way of thinking. You know, for me, when I take a job, I look for purpose. I want to 
improve something. I want to help the company or my boss. You know, that's what drives me. I'm not driven by job title or I want to be paid for what I do. I want to be appreciated. But my my primary motivation is what can I do? How can I contribute? And so I was not prepared for all the political pressure. Sometimes I was in very hostile situations. So I left after half a year and I started to work for very different bank, completely the other spectrum of the market, very young, very digital. Uh, but again, I felt that this is also not the best place for me, that I, I felt I could not really fully use all my skills and experience, which I had. And so then I made a third change. And this time I felt like, yes, I found my place. And, you know, of course, I was worried that this will not look good on my resume. And so I was thinking about that a lot because I would look like a job hopper. But then I realized that I more appreciate myself, that I really value my talents, my skills, and I want to work at a place where I am happy, where I feel that I contribute and not to take care that much about resume because I can explain that. But how you feel, it's, you know, it's not worth to lose two years just to keep your resume neat. Mm -hmm. No, this is uh, deeply philosophical what you're saying and um, absolute admiration to you about this. I think that you so good in self-awareness, you know, where you fit and where you're not. That's a great skill to have. It's amazing. So after these two experiences, you finally found your place with your current employer. And this is Raiffeisen Central Bank, right? Uh, yeah, Raiffeisen Bank in the Czech Republic, yes. Yeah, well, I had five years of my career in Raiffeisen in Bulgaria. It was it was great time, so I can relate with that. But how did Raiffeisen appeal to you? And tell us a bit more about what skills are needed for what you do. Right, so my job is to drive and lead agile transformation. So basically to connect the uh, agile way of working uh, with, with technology, with innovation, with customer centricity culture and help uh, the bank to transform into more flexible and adaptive organization. This is some movement that most of the banks are going through, where, of course, it started much sooner in the United States. This is where I learned that this is kind of like a job of future. Here in Europe, we follow with some like two or three years um, delay, but that's okay. At least we have experience to, to learn from. And in Raiffeisen Bank, I felt that that's the right place to, to do that in terms of culture, in terms of people, in terms of potential. Great. Um, so... As we said, you have changed number of industries. What, in your opinion, are the key skills that helped you to go from one to another and be successful? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, uh, so I'm a big fan of system thinking or business dynamics, and I think this is really helping. So, what is that about? It's about that you developed your ability to connect the dots. Because if you want to make a move in your career, you want to move somewhere where there's potential either for your development, for your learning or whatever you are pursuing. And so you need to have that ability to decode, to understand what's going on in that particular industry. And for instance, in my case, system thinking and understanding of business dynamics really helps me to figure this out. It also helps you to understand where your skills fit in that industry. Then the other one, and you already mentioned that, that is self-awareness. 
I don't know if that counts as a skill, but I can tell you that at the very beginning of my career, I really struggled with that because I behaved the way I believed, hey, this is me, this is who I am, this is how I behave. And I was constantly receiving feedback like, Lenka, you are, I don't know, like too much in this or too much in that and, and whatever. And I was very confused. But then I was really lucky because I was working on assignment and our project manager, he made the full team that was around 30 people go through personality type assessment. The reason for that was that we had some communication and cooperation difficulties between teams and it was a very large project, very important. And he thought that this might help. This is the first time when I received professional assessment of who am I. And it helped me so much because these assessments, they don't tell you you are bad at, at something. They tell you this is your key strengths. This is how to use it. Be aware of that. But this is, you know, what makes you great at your job. So then later on, whenever I have opportunity to take any assessment, I do that because it helps me to be self-aware. And then the, the last skill, I think also, um, you know, this ability to learn. That is very important to stay open-minded. But ability to learn, I mean, everyone can learn. But you need to find the right balance for you. What kind of information makes you comfortable or uncomfortable, for instance, to join the conversation I mean, to learn new industry, you don't need to lock yourself up in a room for, I don't know, five months just to read articles. You need some basics to be comfortable to join new community, join conversation. And then you need to dedicate time to dive deeper in some topics, but you don't have to do it at the same time. So this is what I consider the fast ability to learn. No, absolutely. And it's so important, um, the learning ability, especially in the today's world, which is the change is so fast paced. If you, if you can't keep up with all the changes, you're not going to succeed. And different people learn in different ways. For instance, as you said, right, you have a, an approach to learning. And my approach, for instance, for learning is by doing. This is the best way I, I learn. So I prefer hands-on experience. That's why in my career, I was, I was moving across and sideways so I can learn the experience. And that's what helped me progress. So we spoke about your career and when you people listen and look into your profile, it seems that um, it, it's a quite straightforward. You, you knew what you want to do, where to go, etc. But there must have been some, some difficult moments, tough moments. What is this one moment that you had to draw on all your strengths to keep going? And how did you overcome the obstacle? Hmm. This is a really tough question uh, because, of course, I'm having hard times. Like, of course, I'm not a superhero. And there are moments which are, for me, unbelievably difficult. But the way how I approach them is this resilience. And again, this is I know this is now very, very frequently discussed topic, but that's the key. You need to consciously develop your res resilience to be able to deal with these difficult situations. Because... Resilience is about your ability to recharge, regroup, rethink your strategy and then continue. And this is the approach which I have, I would say, like ever since, because I've been through so many tough moments that I simply had to learn this. So then whenever happens, no matter how hard it is, I learn to take a step back or look at it, learn something from that experience, take enough time to be able to regroup, rethink and then continue. And uh, I'm not sure if I am able to name any, like the hardest moments, because 
I don't try to categorize them and look at them at the hardest moments. You know, I was once in a situation where my boss at that time, he was yelling at me in the office because I disagree with some proposal. That was a very tough moment. I did not know what to do. And many moments like that happen, but you have to be able to, as I said, you know, like look at it, step back, define what you do next and continue. And once you pass this moment, you look back and you wonder, oh, that, that was not such a big issue. But it's only after that happened. At least that happens with me. I look back and I can't remember all the tough moments. So if somebody asks me this question again, I'll have to think hard to mention this one moment. During your career, you had to take a lot of decisions. Um, you had to take to think about a lot of changes. Did you have any support in terms of mentors or family members or bosses who helped you discuss your job, look through options and help you decide what is the best way forward? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you cannot do all of this without your support network, right? So at the beginning of my career, I was mostly formed, I would say, by bad experience, you know. So I, I got some really hard lessons. Let's, let's put it this way. So that taught me how to build better relationships at workplace, how to get advice and how to use advice when someone gives you that. So I can recall some of my bosses who helped me either way, I don't really to learn hard or really support. But I would say that later in, in recent years, I am actively engaged in mentoring. I have mentors for myself. And I think that this is very important and very useful for anyone. And so that's also reason why I do mentoring by myself under different organizations, for instance, under Organization Odyssey, which is a mentoring program for, for women. And I try to give back to the community. My last coach, which I had for some time, was a really amazing lady from Singapore. If she ever listens to this podcast, I can say that that was a really amazing experience because she introduced to me techniques which I didn't know at all. So, for instance, whenever I was facing a tough situation, the, what she asked me to do is to recall some superhero, you know, from cartoons or movies and think, what would he or she do? You know, and she, she teaches me how to identify with superheroes, which was for me very refreshing. It was not that classic coaching like Lenka, okay, so what are your objectives, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But it was really like, okay, tell me a superhero that is in this situation. And I was like, oh, that was like Tom Cruise or, you know, it was Cal Gadot. And then it really, really helped me. So I'm very grateful for that. But I also have a mentor in the area of innovations and technology. We have informal chat like every month. That's helping me a lot. Great. Mentors mean so much. And um, after I left my career, basically the success that I have so far is because I have mentors for to help me with LinkedIn, to talk about entrepreneurship, uh, how, do you, how do you develop things, things that I've never done before. I needed people to, to bounce off ideas and see whether these ideas make sense, not make sense. It's really important to have somebody who you trust and who actually have your best interests at heart to, to really talk to you and help you in your journey. Very important. Unfortunately, we're at the end of the podcast. Uh, it was a great conversation. Can you give the listeners three key takeaways and advice to have in mind when they plan a career change, a career pivot or um, transitioning to another industry? 
Yes, so let me try to summarize that. So I would start with consistency and keeping track of your achievements. And this is way easier today when we have LinkedIn, etc. It was way harder, um, you know, a few years back, like 10, 12 years back when we tried to manage it in Excel or, you know, on Word files. But it's very important to keep track of your assignments, of your achievements, because this is your treasure chest where you search and look for these transferable skills. You must be able to provide examples. I did not do exactly what you're looking for, but I did very similar thing. And then I can use my experience, the value which I created in that particular situation and apply it in your situation. So key trap, be consistent and, you know, kind of like work on your brand and make it easy for people who will read through your track record, through your resume to understand who you are. This is one skill. The other skill I would recommend is work on your self-awareness and use it to build your resilience. You need to understand what are your strengths. It might not be only knowledge. It can be competencies, skills, something um, that you can build up on that. You know, like, for instance, when you look at my career, you can easily say that for past 20 years, I am in change management and it will be true because this is change leadership. That's one of my core competencies. So work on your self-awareness, do different assessments if you have opportunity to do that and understand who you are and then use it for resilience. And then the last point that I would say is be observant, connect the dots. Uh, be present, you know, be aware of what's going on around you. Why is that so important? Because when you are making or thinking about a change, you want to go for somewhere, you want to go somewhere where is potential for you. So you need to, you know, understand, you need to have some idea where that industry or that job or that particular department or area is going. So to that see that it will help you progress in the direction that, that you want to go. Because I think it's not very smart to make decisions kind of like, wow, there's opportunity, let's let's jump on it. It's not exactly what I want, but let's try. Then you do a lot of diversions and that might be actually harder for your career. But if you keep the vision of who you are, who you want to be, and you know which ways help you to achieve that vision, that is more efficient for you. Great. Thank you so much. It was a great conversation and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please remember to review, rate and subscribe when you have a chance. You can do that on your favorite podcast platform or go to our site, changeispossible.site. Thank you once again and have a great day.